So tell me who your old mates were at the beginning of the podcast, mate. Well, Carl, that was two minutes, 24 seconds of brutal thrash and death metal, don't you think? I do indeed, mate. Tell me more. Sorry. Tell me more, as, as John Travolta once said to a, uh, a schoolgirl that he was knocking off. Uh, that was Cerebral Invasion, or a uh, thrash band from over in Germany. Uh, that was a song, Pure Insanity. I'd be really interested to know what people think of that. I've, I've obviously heard it quite a few times because it's um, the guy is a member of the club. It's, it's his band, Cerebral Invasion. Um, Lord Black, his name is. And um, he, in the previous homework section of what you've been listening to, he uploaded a link of this band. And I listened to it probably a few days afterwards. I thought, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I messaged him and thought, why don't we get it, see if we can get it on the show? He gave us our permission. So that kind of brutal two and a half minutes of thrash death stuff that you've just heard there was, yeah, pure insanity. And hopefully people like that. For me, it's, um, you, I can get a little bit over thrashed at times. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're just consuming so much thrash and we've had so much of it this year. Some great, great releases there really are that are going to be contenders for people, you know, in their top tens, no doubt about it. But sometimes it's always nice to either sit on a thrash song, album, band that you like and you know what you like. There's so many strands of thrash, aren't there? And mm -hmm. sometimes something comes along you know, like we have in these breaking band camps, like we have in these hit missile maybes, that you go, yes, I like that. And for that, that two and a half minutes of, of stuff that Cerebral Invasion have just played there, that's pricked my ears up, and they're releasing an album, uh, an EP, in a couple of weeks' time. Awesome. Um, on Bandcamp, they've got a Bandcamp page. So if you like it, check them out, because check them out, because it's, I think it's really decent, really mm. cool. It's kind of walking that fine line between thrash and death. It's got that kind of Demolition Hammer song mm. kind of feel to it. Like we touched upon Demolition Hammer a few times in, uh, I think it was Kevin Adamson had picked, picked them when we were saying what we'd listened to and mm. might have even be a D'Andrade year as well. But they've really got that heavy, heavy, thrashy death sound. And I personally like, and it certainly made me, Look for. I think you can pre-order now. If you're listening to this now, as in the start of October 2020, you can go on their Bandcamp. You can pre-order the EP, physical copies, and it's coming out in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I think just the start of November. So you know, it's always good to discover new thrash, and it's good that we can play thrash on here. So if you like that, let us know in the comments. Yeah, and we'll um, no doubt we'll put a link up in the comments as well for everyone for ease of entry. Absolutely, and it'd be great. I mean, when you you've often spoken about it, haven't you? That if you're queuing up at a gig and you see someone in a Dark Angel T-shirt, mm. they know they're mustard, don't yes. they? They know they're thrash. That's it. Well, the um, the guy in the promotional uh, shots of the the band, I think it was on their band camp. Um, one of them was wearing a Voivod top. I thought he knows his mustard. Now, don't let that deter people if you're not into Voivod. Just take a listen. Well, you've just heard it actually. And, uh, yeah, let us know in the comments what you think anyway. Good, good. And let us know whether you think music at the front is better. I think it's a bit better. It opens it up and it and it stops an awkward exchange right at the very beginning with me and you, Robbie, doesn't it? Well, a little bit of kind of, um, yeah, what do they call it? Um, just and a nice, nice chit-chat, really. That yes. Really, we just want to crack on and get on with the comments of the members, don't we? So We do. It's a nice icebreaker, isn't it? But how are you, mate? Let's have some little chit -chat. Yeah, okay. Let's have that awkward exchange now. Right. No, I'm all right, mate. You're right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's fuck that off out of it. Yeah. Should we do a running order before we find out what the members think? Yeah, let's do it. 
So we um, we have got reaction to podcast forty four. We've got suicidal tendencies. Um, join the army to think about. We've got some mentions which include a break in band camp, um, some uh, some razor's edge, and uh, uh, did I say armored saint as well in there? That's going to be good. We got a D'Andrade year to put to bed, and then we got to do a happy new year and award some on the internet. And then we've got an interesting, unique flash poll, which I'm calling the qualifiers for Thrash of the Titans 2. And then we've got, what have you been listening to? Quite a lot. We're going to get it into under two hours, aren't we? I think so. And uh, that, that song's put us on the back foot straight away, so we need to smash into it. So uh, Two and a half minutes of back burner, but let's carry let's, let's go. Reaction to Podcast 44. Neil Bolton was first out the trap. I too thank you as one of the 250,000 listeners. I also think the debut album, my dear, is a good one. Hippies are my friends. Are hippies your friends? No, I want to kick them in the bollocks, mate. <laughs> thank you, Neil. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, mate. Been one of the many listeners. Yeah, the 250,000 that have uh, are streaming this right now. And um, the debut album was a good one. I'd love to say that it was our idea, but it was, in fact, Kevin Adamson. So uh, we might name the trophy after him. Trophy. Kevin, that sounds. Or if it was golf, it would be the Kevin Adamson Invitational. Invitational. Is this an invitation? We haven't. I suppose we have invited. I suppose it is a bit of an invitation. Let's go golf. It's a bit more classy, isn't it? A bit more classy. We can wear silly trousers, can't we? Yeah, yeah, see, plus fours and all of that sort of business. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always good. Right, um, Dylan Jones. uh, Fantastic listen once again. Would like to get a tattoo, but haven't really got the figure to show it off, so painted my leather jacket. Wouldn't pay to watch a live stream. If it was going to be a special one-off event, I couldn't go get to it. I'd wait for the DVD, which is a great thank you for that comment, uh, Dylan. That's brilliant. Um, I just wonder now whether live music DVDs is a dying art. Well, I know Maiden are just releasing a live uh, live from Mexico City coming up I think it's November time and it's a triple album live show and I don't think they do live DVDs anymore you know that used to be one of Maiden's mm. big things didn't it the yeah. VHSs the DVDs but they're not doing it because they just don't make money so what it's it's a CD is it a recording yeah so okay. CD vinyl vinyl yeah I got you uh, and chances are you can probably go online and see the footage of it anyway could you not very possibly yeah very possibly yeah yeah so uh um, yeah, I don't know whether you could wait for the because <clears throat> I'm still waiting for the last Slayer show to come out on DVD. In fact, I was waiting for a Slayer, uh, the last, I know they released that Killology and stuff, but I was waiting for a kind of compilation of the main Slayer set or an aggregate of the Slayer set they played on the final tour and having a song from each kind of location, city or country that they played in. Well, you could do that on one of your spreadsheets, couldn't you? You could make your own one. You'd, yeah. With the, of, with the help of members, they could, I'm sure, ask but, Brian. He, he'd no, no doubt set up the, uh, the set list over for you. But I thought, you know, intertwined in that, you could have um, exclusive backstage footage and all of this sort of... Oh, like, okay. So a, a professionally done thing as opposed to... Oh, yeah, yeah. To, oh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm going big or going home, mate. You know what I mean? This is This is... This is a release on the scale of the um, Titty Mouth Fuck Fest. Do you know what I mean? It's it's big, and we, we need it professional. But I just think like the opening song would be the first show of the tour, and they'd show that song from um, 
from that tour, from that show, the first show. Yeah. And then obviously when they play Angel of Death, that would be from the LA Forum show. Such a visionary. I know. But they haven't fucking done it, have they? Not done it. So all we got was that Killology, which I think I still haven't seen that, but um, I just would have, I just like the idea of, you know, Slayer, uh, seeing live Slayer through all these different countries, you know, and maybe, you know, a few festivals here and there. It would have been great. It would have been great, but such is life. Um, Paul Hutchings, another great listen, guys. Checked out the Sodom touring details. They didn't play, they did indeed play the Electric Ballroom in December 2018 as part of the Headbangers Ball with Exodus, Death Angel and Suicide Angels. They have only played the UK 14 times in their entire career, mainly festivals including Damnation, where I saw them in 2017. London-based fans have more chance with five appearances in the capital. So not only 14 times in the UK in its entirety, so not really prolific, are they? Not really. What is prolific is uh, Paul's stats there. That is some. He's got some good statistics there, didn't he? He did. That, that's uh, he's pulled that out of the bag. So um, that, that's <laughs> thank really you, good. Paul. Yeah, thank you, Paul. And that's a great bill, isn't it? Exodus, yeah, Sodom, Death Angel, and Suicide Angel, Suicidal Angels. That's brilliant. That's really yeah. They good. featured, didn't they? In the um, uh, we had an Omnium for Suicidal Angels, and there was there was a fair bit of love for them. They went out quite early on, but mm. I think they're a Greek thrash band. Mm. What, I, what I learned from that Omnium, anyway. Definitely, and I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them. I think I listened to an album by them actually. Yeah, and they were they were good. They were oh, no, sorry, not an album. I listened to a, I listened to the so, uh, a, a featured song, and then I played two or three that were it was on YouTube. So a couple of featured yeah. ones, very decent, very decent. I would definitely go and check them out. So that's good. Um, Dean Hughes, another great discussion on all the topics again, fellas. Thrash of the Titans was epic. Really enjoyed reading all the comments, except the obvious, and hearing your feedback on this round. It's only going to get tougher as we head down to the last few. Keep up the good work, doing a great job, as this club is the nuts. P.S. Cheers for the shout-out, no problem, Dean. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> cheers, Dean. That, that's good to, good to hear. I like um, reading the comments as well, and mm. sometimes you want to jump in on people's conversations, but in some way you kind of think, no, that's a little interaction they're having with them, and reading the mm. comments is, is so much part of the fun of some of these big features, isn't it? Especially Thrash of the Times, because you're, you're seeing so many different opinions, and it's really good because it raises, as we discussed last time, the emotions get raised, but with that, some really fantastic observations that people have, and it's just great to read. Yeah, I still think one of the best, I, I think it may have been Kevin Addison, but I apologise if it's someone I don't give credit to but what a great scenario that is where we go what happened if the blank album black album tanked I still think that's a great great scenario to talk about that's a great one and that came out of Thrash of the Titans didn't it it did so thank you for all of those comments really appreciate every single listen um it's just just flattered that anyone would want to listen to it so i'm just so so pleased and just thank you very much also just we didn't it's not on our list to pick up but thank you to tim as well tim finch um vocal as ever in the comments yes. some really good points made but the most important one was my pronunciation of anal nathrak oh you call it anal nathrak don't well, you? I, I did I've, I've never never known any different because i've never heard anyone apart from Gavin talking to 
the guy from Anel Nasrak on the Damnation Versus podcast. Mm. So I should have really picked up on it then. But cheers, Tim. Always good for you to point out, even when making mistakes. But um, Anel Nasrak. What is an uh, Anel Nasrak? Uh, someone will let us know, I'm sure. <laughs> I still think it's anal nathrak. Even if even if the band say it's not, I think it is. So I'm going to continue saying anal nathrak. Well, there you go, yeah. Sounds a bit more death metal, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think because you just read it as it as it's written, although it's not written anal, is it? But And I don't think the band... Well, I've never really heard the band talk about it that much anyway. I've only heard that interview. I haven't seen any other interviews with, with the band. So well, with a name I like- wouldn't... With a name like Anal Nafrak, they're not getting on top of the pops, are they? So well, with, the, with their music as well, they're, they're, yeah. it's pretty pretty intense. It's, it's quite enjoyable though. I've been listening to a, a bit of it, and I say it's enjoyable. It's uh, quite an intense listen, but there's, it's just bizarre. It, mm. It's a bizarre, extreme, extreme metal. It's yeah. you like a bit of anal, mate. Uh, moving on. <laughs> okay, shall we talk about join the army by suicidal tendencies? Let's do it. Let's do it. Reaction! Yeah, I mean, reaction! Well, when this came out, the hat for you, mate. Um, well, uh, I'd say I wasn't disappointed by by any stretch of the imagination, but kind of, you know, when you've got your favourite suicidal albums, mm-hmm. and for me, Lights, Camera, um, How Will I Laugh Tomorrow, and Feel Like Shit, Deja Vu, and I really like the the debut as well. And I thought, oh, if only it'd been one of them, it'd really get me excited. But I still really like Join the Army, so it wasn't it wasn't a disappointment. But uh, I, I did wonder how it would go down because it's mm. not it, it is it's very much as we'll see from the comments. It's not as kind of hardcorey punk as that first album, is it? No, it's got more of a metallic feel to it. So it's certainly going to appeal. Hardcore punk appeals to members, doesn't it? Mm. You know, we've got members that are you know, into all sorts of stuff. But I did wonder how it would go down and. And it's gone down very well, hasn't it? In the, in the most part, absolutely. I did think there'd be a slice of the club that went, nah, this is too punky for me. And you can't ignore that, really. And I think that's got a lot to do with that guitar tone. It's not your classic thrash metal guitar tone, is it? That is got more in common with punk. Um, and it is, a li- I, I listen to it. I love it. I love the album. But it is a little bit messy. Do you know what I mean? That kind of hardcore street punk messy which is just on the verge of it all falling apart but they do manage to keep it all together yeah no you're right so what did you think when it came out were you absolutely delighted this was one of i mean uh suicidal tendencies albums were difficult to get for me um but i did manage to get this album along with lights camera and uh how will i laugh so this was always um this was always going to score high because I, i do remember playing it to death and Possessed Escape is probably my favourite ST song, to be honest. Oh, okay, yeah. So um, I was I was more than happy, to be honest. Well, Simon Griffiths, he was happy as well. And he'd done a damn good comment too. He did. He said, great album. Hardcore and Thrash was so exciting back then. And bands like ST and Chromax, DRI, Crumb Suckers as well, sat bang in the middle of the two. The production, well, it doesn't bother me because all, all these bands have the same problem. It just adds to the naive DIY sense that flowed from the music. Would a, produ- a, a better production make it better? No. This is all about attitude and making the music you wanted to make. A vocalist that seems almost too mellow for the music, but 
one you can actually hear and understand. There's some great bass lines and quality riffs. They would make better albums, but there's something fresh and pure about this. It makes me get all nostalgic listening to Dag Nasty did the same a few nights ago. Don't think we'll ever get a period of, with so much exciting and fresh music by bands not yet soiled by the music business. Almost punk almost punk music looking over at Frash with a sort of jealous gaze, the technical ability, but had more attitude and more political feel to it. Got it on the headphones now and absolutely loving it. Great comment. Got the headphones on now and loving it. Love that last little bit. Like He's just typing this out as he's listening to it uh, for the club there. That's absolutely brilliant. And he picks up some, some great points there. about. He talks about the production. It's very much a punk rock DIY feel about it. Would the production make it better? Well, it's a tug. I think maybe it would. It'd be interesting to hear it on a slightly beefier and with someone mm. more capable of producing it, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, you know, I do get the point. I do get the point that it is. Uh, the point, the I'm going to call it the Andy Sneak point because I asked this question on Talking Bollocks to him about uh, various productions, um, you know, great songs but poor productions, and he go and he said, obviously, master producer, he can, he's got gold in them their fingers that when he makes a, when he makes an album, but he said he, he quite likes uh, if there's shit production because it's like a time capsule for him, you know, that album is off its time, this is off its time, and it's not going to have slick production because, one, they didn't have the budget for it, and, two, it wasn't that type of music, and, three, they weren't, they wouldn't have been able to produce that kind of stuff then anyway. So it's kind of like a time capsule thing, and I do get it that it's you can pinpoint this to the early 80s, early mid-80s, can't you? You can, absolutely, yeah. It wouldn't sound, it doesn't sound a 90s record at all, but just picking up on the production again, it's there's a little bit of a an urban myth that it's Les Claypool of uh, Primus that produced this because mm -hmm. the credits, the credits are um, Lester Claypool. Now it isn't Les from Primus. He's, his, his production credits are you know out there for everyone to see. This is a guy called Lester Claypool. The sound and bless you. Thank You're you. Right? No, it was a cough, mate. It's fine. Oh, was it okay? Oh, well, don't do it again. Okay. And. Um, Lester Claypool, he worked as a recording and sound engineer at Rockshire Recording Studio, which was in California in the 80s. Uh, they had a few bands on their roster. Alcatraz, do you remember Alcatraz? Yes, uh, that was that was Yngwie Malmsteen, wasn't it? Yngwie Malmsteen, he was, yeah. he was in there, and they had a live album that the uh, Rockshire Records made. But, um, yeah, for, for whatever reason, Lester Claypool was kind of picked to produce this album okay uh it seems that he wasn't the uh, the greatest producer of his time no. and his and his credits aren't on um there's not he, he hasn't put his name to many or his name is not put to many production but obviously engineering it was but rockshire records themselves they went out of business there was a lot of money laundering issues went on and kind of the whole roster went down with them but this isn't on rockshire records this, this is on um i think virgin or caroline records isn't it um but yeah it's just um for whatever reason lester claypool was chosen and um they never went back and used Leicester again, did they? No, but that's a great story. Money laundering and Ingview Malmsteading. That's brilliant. That's got that's got like a documentary written all over that, isn't it? Well, it's quite, it was quite an interesting read because the woman who owned it also worked for a airline company, like a 
Boeing airline company, for example, um, and um, she was laundering money out or filtering money out of that. I think she was an accountant for them. And over the time, she was able to get twelve million pounds from them and invest it in Rockshire Records. And then the the IRS went down there one day and seized everything, including all the master tapes, everything, all the all the studio sound equipment, which was top of the range in the day. And obviously, it wasn't used for join uh, <laughs> the army. But and people often there was a lot of people on these kind of forums were saying, oh, "I'd be interested to see what happened to some of those master copies and this, that, and the other," because nothing's ever come out as a result of those masters. Then wow. seized by the probably de- probably destroyed now, aren't they? Who knows? Who knows? Wow. One of them kind of stories. Great story. Great story. But yes, see, so yeah, the production, it's just one of them, isn't it? We'll never know because I don't think it's ever had a, has it ever had a, a redo in? But a bit like And Justice for All, do you really want it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Justice for Jason, I, I I like And Justice for All with all its faults and faiths yeah. because it's the album that I got into when I got into Metallica. So. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't see it any other way, do you know what I mean? It's, that's, that is how that album sounds to me and this is how this one sounds to me. And if it would be re-recorded it may sound better but then i would think well that's not suicidal tendencies no so kind of answered my own question there and what was the one about uh it, I'm, I'm just trying to look for it now and it's not coming out of me where it's it's punk metal looking in on thrash metal and jealous of its technicalities and stuff like that i think this is like i say it's crossover it's right in the middle of that where it's got quite very complicated certainly for punk um but it's got that ethic of punk about it so it's not entirely thrash it's really does set the blueprint for that kind of crossover punk thing and um, frank holby he was down in the man cave listening to it he said the opening track suicidal maniac is just a great opening song followed by the great title track a breeding slab of heaviness you've got what i want is a bit of a letdown after those two as if each little each day great opening riff but doesn't go anywhere the prisoner ramps it up a little, but then we've got the awesome war inside my head. Always a great song live. Then the totally thrash-infested riff of I Feel Your Pain. Human guinea pig has an obvious maiden riff, mm. and it keeps the thrash going. Possess to skate slows it down. Then no name starts, and now it's getting all a bit samey. Psycho follows the same format. Gotta say, getting a bit bored now. Two wrongs heavies it up a bit. Looking in your eyes again is with the same format as the rest of the record. Think this could have scores think this could have scored higher with three or four less songs. Production isn't as clean and crisp as other ST records. Overall, it's not bad. I think a six and a half. So have to have a think whether to score it six or seven. Mm, okay, so that's some interesting points. Absolutely right. That that left-right good night of um, Suicidal Maniac and Join the Army is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love, yeah, War Inside My Head, that's a great way to finish side one as well. All songs, that I don't know quite how often they played them, but they're still very important songs in the kind of ST legacy, aren't they? Suicidal mm. Maniac, Join the Army, uh, War Inside My Head, Possessed to Skate. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's, I remember Brixton Academy, maybe early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, one of the fans got up on stage and was about to, dive off I think it was Brixton so it's a bit of a hell of a jump but there was quite a few up on stage and Mike Muir said hey I'm not going to do my Mike Muir (laughs) you get up on the stage and you jump and he said do you know the words to do you know the words to join the army and the guy uh, no get the f*** 
fuck off. They've <laughs> <laughs> got someone up there who did, and he sang quite a lot of words in there to sing, aren't there? There is a lot to remember. Yeah. Yeah. There's some great songs on there, all, like I said, integral to the kind of ST history, really, aren't they? Can I just say about War Inside My Head, live now, they really do take a rest with that opening bit where they're just sort of like noodling away and Mike yeah. Muir's sort of like saying stuff about falling off of bicycles and skateboards and getting back up again. Mm. And that, it, it is a okay. game. While you're doing that, just play another tune. That's all I want. Yeah. But, you know, we'll forgive them if they get a pass because it's, yeah, it's ST, isn't it? Yeah. Simon Roberts, class album. I personally love the dirty guitar sound and production. It doesn't have the clean majesty of lights, but it's a punkier album for that. Start to finish, it's a classic. A Little Each Day was a favourite back in the day, and who else can repeat the words, guinea pig, guinea pig, and still sound cool? <laughs> yeah. that, that is very true, because guinea pig is not punk, and it's not metal, and it's certainly not thrash. No. And it's difficult... It Difficult to get that in, shoehorn that into a song, isn't it? And he gave it a nine out of ten. Yeah, well, that that just so shows. So I'm guessing the majesty of lights. That's got to be a ten for him then. Got to be a ten for Simon. You think? I think so. I, I think it would score highly with most people, wouldn't it? I mean, but what about the people that love that punky hardcore edge that St had on this? Certainly the first album, the second one. That yeah. was pretty much gone by Lights Camera Revolution, wasn't it? Yeah, there, yeah, certainly. Certainly was. Paul Hutchins, I feel slightly treacherous writing this given the huge love going on, but I've never really found ST to be my thing. I can certainly appreciate why people revere them, but they just leave me cold. So that was an interesting. You can understand why people, because they are kind of different. They're uh, a breed apart, aren't they? They all they never really fitted into any kind of mould. So they were quite unique, but they leave me cold. I think is a uh, you difficult to go anywhere with them after that so yeah i mean I, I i feel the same with certain sort of like power metal and who was that band that we saw with all the makeup on at, at bloodstock power wolf power wolf and people were loving them they were you know and i could see i could see why they're quite theatric they had all the kind of whistles and bells uh, their riffs were all in place and their singer was very charismatic but i just not for me at all there was a murder dolls as well wasn't there yeah, we saw the murder dolls as well. Again, yeah, yeah. I quite like kind of a, it's a lot to do on the theme of the music and visually yeah. it's the it's the big catch point, isn't it? That particular one and the big kind of grandiose sound where it sounds like there's a whole orchestra on stage and it's just a fella behind the keyboard, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and yeah. they looked like they were playing in a ruined castle as well, didn't they? Yeah. I was expecting a Highlander to pop out and cut someone's head off. John Brack, I've been digging it throughout the day at work, always got time for ST. Now I'm back in the shed enjoying an album like yesterday. I'll give the album a high seven. They did better on other albums, mind. Muir is still ripping the act. So what I want to ask John there, he's giving it a seven, and then he goes, they did better on other albums. So is he, is John ranking this album alongside other albums and thinking, right, well, there was better, so it can't be an eight or a nine? because that's camera revolutions and how will I laugh tomorrow? And so it has to come down the pecking order or is it, you know, is that how he's scoring it? Because, you know, he's saying he's really loving it there. I would have thought it would have scored a bit higher if he, the, the way he's saying, you know, the kind of the feeling I get from that post. He might just be a tough marker. 
Mm, mm. That's true. He's, Nothing he's wrong with that either. Johnny's a veteran of the club, so he's had mm. a lot of albums to kind of hone his boating skills on. Hasn't Definitely. He? His skills, so. Yeah. Uh, and he's and he is absolutely right. Muir uh, still ripping it. He's a, he's a force of nature, isn't he? I wonder where it would sit if we did the kind of ST discography um, members, you know, on a on a flashpole for the whole weekend. Where it would where it would sit? Oh, that is an idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was there's been a few albums that they've released recently that have just almost. Pale into insignificance when it when when you match them up to those early uh, kind of late eighties, early nineties mm. stuff, isn't it? But but then some people obviously like them. But the, the last one I had, which was World Gone Mad, two thousand and sixteen, there was probably two or three really decent songs on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the one with Clap Like Ozzy on, you know. Yeah. Opened with and did it have Psycho was, in the title? Uh, no, Well Gone Mad. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. Well Gone Mad, but I think um, there was a song in there called Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple of really good songs, like uh, Still Dying to Live and Get Your Fight on the ones I definitely remember. But that was it. And I think their albums since then, in my opinion, have been quite patchy, whereas the ones before, you know, that, that kind of, that golden period of, of, of ST, mm. of this kind of period right up to Lights, Camera, possibly The Art of Rebellion for some people. Mm. But Everyone likes things differently, don't they? There might be some people that can't bear any of this early stuff, ST, but I do wonder where it would sit in the kind of... How can we do that in a post, then? Well, have we missed the opportunity now? Unless we just ask people now to in, in the comments, because do we do really people, after they... two weeks of ST, want to run another thing when we've got quite a lot coming up post-wise, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking, because if you just do a poll with and list all the albums... You, you say, right, well, my favourite one is, is Lights Camera. You don't don't get a true representation of where no. the albums sit in running order. So we'd have to do it as like a free post where you go, yeah, list the suicidal type, the tendency albums in, in order. And then we'd have to go through and rank them all and, and collect points and things like that, wouldn't we? Yeah. I, th- I think maybe if they come up on the next... The next time they come up, you know, next year, if we're still doing this in a year's time or whatever, when the because there's going to be bands that are coming up soon to maybe have a repeat of albums, isn't mm. there? Especially on those classic lists. So if ST are on the classic list, then their time will come up again, won't See it? if their opportunity can be a, a two-time Hall of Famer. Well, there's only one in there, isn't there? I think Acid Rain are the only two-time Hall of... Uh, Metallica as well. Metallica and Acid Rain. Metallica and Acid Rain, high esteem to be a two-timer. Mind you, we did contrive. We did contrive two of those albums because Metallica was the first one, uh, and that got an eight, and only two people voted it. And your list, the people are listening to the two people that voted on it. Yeah. And then you've got. We decided to do Age of Entitlement on the week that it came out, didn't we? We did last year. The random number generator didn't. Uh, yeah, almost a year ago. It was a year almost to the to the day, wasn't it? last week wasn't it craziness that's flown by still sounding great though but that's anyway we're talking about st let's talk about st so brian d'andrade um this album was okay at best for me but they changed far too much and became a groove metal band after this and there's not much more i despise than groove metal we know that brian brian does not like groove metal at all he shudders at the thought of 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 groove metal 
he's as when he listens to groove metal, he's as mad as a Metallica fan listening to the Black Album for the first time. Lucien Malieu, ST also helped me to get through my crazy teen years. So much powerful emotion and lyrics really connect. The howling guitar style of Rocky is instantly recognisable, as is the great bass player Trujillo. Trujillo? Robert Trujillo? If you haven't given this album a listen lately, I urge you to do so. You may discover your new favourite record. Ooh, high praise indeed. Although um, someone did correct, was it Vincent Rochella saying that Trujillo was not in on this album, was he? No, he wasn't. It was Luis Mayor. Mayorga. Mm-hmm. Louis, Luigi Mayorga. Okay. On the bass. On the bass. So and that's pretty cool that the lyrics had such a powerful connection yeah. with Lucian anyway. That is good. Yeah. And definitely because they were, they were young men at the time, obviously, of this release, weren't they? Definitely. So they were they were singing straight from the heart with no – it almost seems with with no ambition to think, right, we're gonna, this is going to be 10 years – 20 years this is going to be our they were almost living almost feels like they were living hand to mouth and for the day and that's what really captures lightning in a bottle doesn't it yeah i don't think he gets enough credit really does he uh, Mike Muir, for, i know he didn't write all the well i say I, I know he didn't write all the lyrics i'm not actually sure who whether he was the main lyricist or, or songwriter but he's certainly credited on pretty much all of the all the songs so you'd imagine that he's a lyricist but um yeah they they kind of do go into a fair bit of detail don't they and mm-hmm. a lot of it's about kind of social um, kind mm-hmm. of angst and you know dealing with your own inner demons and problems mm-hmm. and um what's going on around you in the world and how to deal with it and that and it's all quite samey but at least they're trying to they're not talking about goblins and dragons no. Someone will highlight that there was an ST song with a dragon in there. Uh, maybe, maybe. But I have to say that there's obviously nothing wrong with that. But ST did have a slightly different background. I mean, they were from LA, weren't they? They were sort of wrapped up in a bit of the gang culture there. And if I remember rightly, this period, I think when they released Join the Army, they were actually banned from playing in, in Los Angeles. They, they, okay. they, they couldn't play there because of all the gang-related activity. And it wasn't until... I'm thinking 1991, they were allowed to play a gig in a parking lot somewhere on, in LA. And that was the first time that they were allowed to play since forever because there was just so much gang related um, activity around their gigs. Right. So, but I don't think any of the members were gang members. I think it was just they were from the streets of LA and that's how you dressed and people affiliated themselves with that so it was a bit of a i think the band were really pissed off about it and always obviously wanted to play their hometown i mean crikey you know you want to play your hometown don't you but um i'm almost sure they were banned for la for a long period of time good knowledge carl good knowledge steve airy it suffers in the production a bit not in the league of lights camera revolution but still a very decent album all Always respected ST for bringing something a bit diverse to this mix of genre. And what Steve's saying there about the production, I know when I mentioned about Leslie Paul being the uh, engineer, it, just looking at the record now, uh, Suicidal Tendencies are joint credit as well for producing the album with Leslie Claypool. So it's not all down to the engineers yeah. kind of 
doings there. You know, Mike Muir would have been very integral to getting this sound, wouldn't he? And he's not the kind of guy that's going to walk away from something and go, yeah, go on then, that's done. Let's Come on then, let's. he's going to be probably until he gets it to the spot on how he wants it. Unless back at the day they were just, right, let's record this album. It's one of those... Um... Black Sabbath ones where, yeah, we recorded it in a day or we had a weekend where there was a changeover in the studio where a band had disappeared and another band were coming in on Monday. Uh, yeah. One band finished on Friday afternoon. Another band was starting on Monday morning, but the studio was still paid for. So we got our mate, broke into the studio, got it done, smashed it out and disappeared. Yeah, um, you're, you're probably right, actually, yeah. Don't know, don't know. Yeah. Kev Testaresta, Join the Army is a monumental album full of swaggering, adrenaline-pumping classics and a very, very heavy that got endless play when I was a teenager. Definitely a 10 from me. Tracks like Suicidal Maniac, Join the Army, War Inside My Head, Human Guinea Pig, Possessed to Skate are absolutely top class and the rest of the tracks present a diverse alternation between calm and intense melodic dynamics. I've seen them loads of times live and even though I'm not been as keen on anything after the Art of Rebellion live, they are untouchable and I can't wait until they tour again. Always a fantastic spectacle. Um, I can't remember how many times I've seen them, probably five or six and they have never disappointed. No. And they've never done the thing like I first saw them on the Art of Rebellion tour and they obviously played stuff from that album and that was kind of like a shift actually wasn't it art rebellion was a uh, a bit different from what they had been doing but they were all um they were still oh sorry i saw them on clash of the times as well but um they were still very at that point playing stuff from their older material and still thinking well everyone here who got us here may not love art rebellion and may not come with us and all the kind of arty twists and turns that that album has but we are going to play Institutionalised. We are going to play Join the Army. They didn't neglect their fans. No, they, whatever journey they were going on, which was going to be a bit of an experimental one with the yeah. Rebellion, wasn't it? Like you say, they certainly still yeah, had that connection anyway. Definitely. So, forced to be reckoned with. Dennis Speecher. Still one of my all-time favourites from ST, along with Lights Camera. Nothing against their other works, as the rest have some really killer songs. But Join the Army was a staple for ST when this album was released and actually put them on the charts, which has led to their standing on the Metal World stage. Many say the production was less than desirable, but I feel this adds character to the punkish and, dare I say, skater feel that was all the rage back then. It's still one album on my playlist today from many years ago and is all-round great party music to drink by. To drink? Having a few drinks, yeah, that's always, always nice. So that's quite a nice one to finish up there. Listened to it back in the day, loved it back then. Come with him through thick and thin all his life, and here he is um, still playing it and loving it and uh, having a few beers by it. Great one to finish on. Thank you, Dennis. And it soared comfortably into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the way it was going, I, I think this was going to be comfortably in there. Um, so it was. Can you Do you know what it was? What, what, do I know what what was? The score for... Uh, 8.11. 8.11. 8.11. So that's quite high up in our in our list, actually. It's, um, it's, it's done really well there to get into the Hall of Fame. And I think rightfully deserved as well. Absolutely. So um, 
thank you for everyone that commented. There was loads and loads of comments going backwards and forwards. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, thank you for all the comments. Brilliant to, to read, as always. And um, that is ST in the books. And we look forward to another ST album when they come up to try for that holy grail of two-time Hall of Famer. Which is now a thing, by the way. <laughs> what, like the Kevin Adamson Invitational? It's a thing. It's a, is, uh, unless we, are we going to call, I think, I think the Kevin Anderson Adamson Trophy is better. You know, like the trophies have names. Yeah. Then we'll, and we'll call it Thrash of the Debuts or whatever. I'm, I'm still undecided. I've called it lots of things over the weekend, but, um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's yeah. put ST to bed. So thank you, ST. And thank uh, thanks to all the, all the people that voted. So, moving mentions. on, should we have some mentions? Honourable mentions, yeah. We've got another hugely popular band within members of the club, Armoured Saint, and Razor's Edge featured an interview that Tim had with Joey Vera, the longtime bassist Joey Vera from Armoured Saint. Sat down with Tim, and yeah, it was a good, decent, long, lengthy interview, but loads was covered in there, which was really, really interesting on the eve of their new album, mm-hmm. Punch in the Sky. Quality. And I haven't actually heard this, so I am going to go back. Is it on Spotify? Can we? Can you download it? I don't think that is on their Spotify channel. I, I read it, so... Oh, uh, it's not It's not a podcasty thing. It might be on theirs, but I don't think it is. I think it, like I said, I just followed the link and the link was just uh, the written form of the interview, but that was fine because it makes sure, you know, the, you focus on it and you pick things out that you wouldn't necessarily if you're just listening. Cool. Interesting, interesting stuff that Joey picked up on that Joey picked up on that Joey kind of revealed to Tim in the interview there. And I'm saying, like us, like we said there, they're, they're a popular band and, mm. um, a very well-liked band within the club. No, and, can, can you tell us one thing he picked up so we can go and read it? Give us a little taster so we go in and dip in and read it. Well, there was the time when, sadly after Cliff Burton died, that uh, Joey was invited by Lars to come down and try out for Metallica. Oh, brilliant. Well, say no more, we can go in and read that because that does sound interesting. But also he talked about they've got a... At the Whiskey A Go Go in LA on October the 10th, Armored Saint are doing a live show, They're playing to an empty audience or an, an empty room, mm-hmm. and it will be just live streaming. You get it for a month, you pay $10 and start the new album. It's a great way to, like we were talking about last podcast, about how much would you pay to stream? Yeah. Would you pay three quid? Would you pay 10 quid? Um, Armoured Saint are, are doing it, and it's there for you for a month to to pick up on. But interestingly, Joey said it was the Whiskey A Go Go that approached Armoured Saint oh, to do okay. it. So, in this day and age, everyone thinks all bands are having to evolve and adapt and work out how they're gonna, mm-hmm. you know, make ends meet. Venues are having to do it as well, aren't mm-hmm. they? So the venues, the Whiskey A Go Go, a legendary venue, it's it's. Is calling out to to bands to come on. We've got a crew of six six guys here, girls here that are gonna. Um, they're our crew. They're your crew, and we've got the camera set up, and it's there for now. This day and age, the the concert going era as it is at the mm. moment. So, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, very very important. And 
I think venues do need to pick up on it. Um, I was going to do a joke about, you know, uh, whiskey go go. The, the toilets aren't going to have blowjobs in them by themselves, but I think I'll leave it. It's too crass, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave that there. Um, but, yeah, I'm I, uh, really looking forward to the um, the, the album. Uh, obviously, I haven't heard it because it's out on the 23rd, so it's still got a couple of weeks to go, but it's highly anticipated. Highly anticipated. And funny enough, Joey Vera said that in from 84 to 1990, Armored Saint never played in Europe. Is that true? That is mad, isn't it? And that would have some way... What years say those years again? Sorry? What years what, did they not play in Europe? From 84? 84 to 90. 84, oh, okay. Because they did do Bloodstock a few years ago, didn't they? Or was that just John Bush soloing? <sighs> Don't know. Paul Hutch would tell us. But that might go some way in explaining how they... Almost like the kind of all, and no disrespect, and people will pick up on this like, oh, how dare you say that? But like the the kind of the unsung heroes, the 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 also rans, the never quite made it. Of, of they're not thrash, are they? They're more kind of a thrashy heavy metal band. They're mm. kind of more like a, I suppose, a metal church kind of, mm. and just a decent, very decent heavy metal thrashy kind of heavy band. Mm-hmm. Um, but you always fear that always feel that they never quite got the plaudits and credit that they that they should have done on the international stage to their fans they got the, the, you know the best thing going aren't they mm. but i wonder if obviously john going off to anthrax had a lot to do with that as well well certainly yeah because when did um when did john john join anthrax 91 92 something like that maybe a bit later 93 94 well sound of white noise wasn't it, it was after yeah so sound of white noise yeah that was what, that was, yeah, 92, 93, was it? So he was was in them for quite a while, wasn't he? He was in there for at least eight or nine years, I would have thought, would he be? Maybe longer? So, I mean, he made four or five records with them. So, yeah, so that would have brought brought it all the way up to the early 2000s. And then, um, mm, that's interesting that they didn't tour over Europe. And I'm sure there would have been an audience for him here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So interesting. I will go. Uh, I will have a look on the Spotify first, and then if not, I shall read the interview. Because he was st- he was still the vocalist on Stomp Four Four Two. He was, and that was Thank early two thousand. So you pro- pro- probably looking at yeah ten years. That's the end of a decade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, who else? Good interview. Good interview. And we also had a, the we shared the podcast that. Mm-hmm. Craig, uh, sorry, Craig and Lum was the guest of Talking Bollocks of H on the um, podcast, wasn't he? He was indeed. And that was pretty cool because Craig and he's just such a busy, such a nice guy, so involved in Heathen, so involved mm. in pretty much everything from pretty much writing most of the album. Uh, to packing up the vinyls, packing up the CDs, signing them, posting them out. He's doing all the all the social media, he's doing all the interviews and just a, a very, very busy guy, but yeah. a very, very knowledgeable and friendly guy by all accounts. Admire the, the, the work ethic. He's also manager of, um, I think he manages, he was saying he manages Exodus and Heathen. Yeah, he does. So he's, he's you know, not stupid. And he was also a computer games designer back in the, uh, back in the day as well. So interesting right. guy that gets, uh, 
Um, Howard H. Smith does a great job of getting under his skin and getting him right out and, and telling all. It's it's a it's a great uh, it's a great interview that one. Uh, he does uh, guitar tabs as well, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Check that one out. And then over to our sponsor, Neil Brannigan Fuller of UK Thrashers, for bringing mm. us Breaking Bad Camp. He went all the way over to New Zealand yep. with our sponsorship money, and he uh, chatted to 3000 AD. Did he put that on the expenses, did he? Yeah, probably sent it in, hasn't he? And yeah, he'll probably say, fly over to New Zealand in these bleak times. Yeah, fucking hell. He's a bit like that, isn't he? You, know, well, you won't yeah. hear from him for a couple of days, and then he pops up and he's in New Zealand. He's in New, in New Zealand with 3000 AD. <laughs> Work. <laughs> Work. Yeah. So anyway, tell- yeah, so he, he went over to New Zealand, and they are a yeah a modern thrash metal band, um, fusing everything, really, from 80s punk rock and, you know, just modern classic thrash what did you did, did you like it i, I, think you did, I thought you? it was brilliant yeah, i did leave a comment yeah. not many two not many people um left the comment but i listened to it and uh, i you're right it's contemporary thrash it's got a bit of venom in there as well it's it's really blunt and sharp that's what i liked about it and the arrangements were quite interesting as well they weren't just straight up songs they were nice nice different um arrangements and thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I've liked the last three that um, were breaking band camp, which is not always the case. Um, sometimes no. you know, we, we do get some stuff that ain't for me, but the last three have been all gold. An enjoyable listen. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Lee Shep, he certainly thought it was good. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. And then Carl Black, he said, this is a bit of all right. The vocals are great. Love the riff arrangements. Third in a row for me, a good streak. It is a good. He's got the hat trick. So that's that's then, good. Take the match ball home. And then finally, Razor's Edge posted, didn't they? They posted yes. a Voivod were releasing a new live album, The Lost Machine, and we posted the the, the single, the live single, The Lost Machine, which is off um, the Outer Limits, and yeah, it was. Yeah, it's good. Always good to see Voivod. Always good to see him. A nice live video, and a quite quite decent seeing the video where they're using the not animation, but the mm. kind of I don't know imagery of of Snake and various monsters, kind of you know like a. I don't know what it is, some alien creature that he's, I suppose it could be Corgle, I'm, I'm not sure, but it's, uh, yeah, it was a good video, and yeah, kind of bodes well for the new album that's coming out in November as well. It, that's, a, that's a live album as well, isn't it? That's, that's album coming the live, out, yeah. yeah. Pre-ordered it, so looking forward to that. And I, I listened to this, and um, I don't listen to Voivod as much as I should, and I was listening to this, and it started off again, that kind of, it sounded almost like a bit of slowed down early Voivod from Dimension Hackross for me, where it was kind of just one step from falling apart. You know, it's all kind of a bit messy. And then it goes as clean as a whistle, like in a heartbeat. And you, and it's absolutely on point. And then it goes a bit more jazz free form and anything could happen. And then again, straight down the line, it, had, it was twisting and turning. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I haven't seen them live really want to see them and, and not sort of like get down in the pit and throw myself about, but just again, just it wash over me a little bit. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. So I really enjoyed the track. Well, Frank Rooksaw, he liked it. He said, nice video for a great track from an amazing band. Yeah. I, and Frank's commented quite a bit on Voivod, if I remember rightly. And, um, 
he, he he's big into them. So this was that was no surprise. Lee Shep again, quality and some of the nicest people I've met. Thanks to Pete D for the introduction in Manchester. Nah, yeah, Pete D's uh, bang into uh, into Voivod, obviously, and a great ad- advocate for them. Great introduction. That's always great, isn't it? When you when you meet your heroes, that must be fantastic. Uh, Kevin Adamson is Voivod, one of the best live bands and on record too. How can you not love it? Nice incorporation of Away's artwork. Talking about with the video there. Definitely. Well, it's just it's just a nice piece, a solid piece of of work there, isn't it? That everything ties in. I I I, I appreciate that kind of. How can we we're going to get the video to relate to the album? that relates to the music, that relates to the live show, and it's all bound into one. I think it's great. Properly thought out. Simon Griffiths. Love Voivod. It's great how they put the artwork into the video. Top quality. Yeah, took the words out of my mouth, Simon. Absolutely agree. So that was all the mentions. How are we doing for time there, mate? Because I'm... You... Busting it. Okay then, mate. Well, I tell you what, we'll we'll save this segment then, mate. Oh, good lad. So, are you duly refreshed now, then, mate? Can we continue? We can. You know, when you, yeah, everyone knows. Carry on. <laughs> there we go. Um, right. So let's talk about the flash pole, which was I'm going to call the qualifiers for Thrash of the Titans two. Um, a nice, simple idea that I had that I completely fucked up and made it overly complicated for the sounds of things. So um, what I wanted was uh, Thrash the Titans. I think it's got six or seven um, six or seven things left, rounds, uh, um, matchups left, and then we are done. And we have found our Thrash of the Titans winner. But um, so, but... We're having such good fun. We wanted to continue, and Kevin Adamson came up with a great idea, as we said, to have the debuts. So we're going with that. But when I first done Thrash of the Titans, uh, I basically put all of that together and just, I, th- I think I okayed it with you, and you kind of went, yeah, 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 let's just go with that. And there wasn't that much discussion or input from anyone else, was there? So, and during the course of Thrash of the Titans, certainly in the earlier rounds, we were getting lots of comments like, um, what, no, what, no DRI, or what about this band and what about that band? And all had huge claim, and I can't say that I, I gave any other bands that weren't considered um, that much thought. I just thought I'd just get 32 of the biggest Thrash bands that I can think of, and we'll, we'll put them in there. And um, I didn't think there would be too much but there, there was and I, I it did dawn on me that I thought well I think we can all agree on a certain amount of bands that have to go in there whether we like them or not I think they need to go in but that kind of left as it turned out nine ten or not well it was turned out to be nine spots that were well a lot of bands have a right to go in there so I came up with the idea of uh, putting uh, 23 bands in and then having a kind of playoff thrash poll for the remaining nine. So there were going to be nine winners. And I didn't know who to decide. So we kind of had a little talk about it, didn't we? We kind of, I think um, I came up with a list of 10 and then you said, we've got to add some, some more and, and you suggested some more, didn't you? Yeah, we took out a couple that just didn't quite sit there. Really, and, yeah. And we added a couple more, and 
judging from people's comments, there could have been loads more. But anyway, carry on. So, yeah, and, and then what I wanted was like a free-for-all, really. You can vote for as many of the albums as you can. Vote for all of them if you wanted to. Um, and then the top nine places would get in. And you can add some if you want, if you thought, I actually really like this band and I think they should have a shot. All you had to do was, was add them. So that's what members did. Unfortunately, what my biggest mistake I, I think was is in the post, I lazily, I guess, put, uh, and we've already got 20-odd bands featured or 23 bands featured. You know who they are, meaning that I didn't think anyone would put Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth, Exodus, so on up there because they need to be included. Well, I think people just got a bit nervous and was going, well, where's where's this band? Where's that band? Why are Exodus not in there? Why why is Annihilator not in there? And and so on. And it came very apparent that I should have posted the list. Unfortunately, Facebook wouldn't let me edit a post on a poll. So if there's a poll uh, included in the post, it won't let me edit the post text. So I couldn't, I was had all intentions of, of sorting that out as it came apparent that people were getting uh, uh, a bit confused about what, what the poll was about. So I had to do a separate post, but yet obviously people were still uh, uh, missing it and, and no fault of their own were putting bands in that were already in. So as it turned out, we did get, um, nine clear winners. So we now have, so thanks to everyone that voted, it was a really exciting vote, certainly down the bottom, and then there's a few surprises in there. So shall I run down the bands that were already in? As long as you don't get confused. I won't get confused. Go on, mate. I'm, I'm with you. Okay. So Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth, Exodus, Testament, Sabbath, Death Angel, Forbidden, Annihilator, Violence, Acid Rain, Celtic Frost, or the Frost, Destruction, Flotsman Jetsam, Creator, Nuclear Assault, Overkill, Sacred Reich, Sodom, SOD, and Suicidal Tendencies have their golden ticket into the um, into Thrash the Titans 2. So that, and Zentrix. And Zentrix, yes. Sorry, yes. Good point. So that left nine. And the shall, shall we do it in? We'll, we'll go down actually. So, um, ju- there are two clear winners actually, as far as debut albums can uh, go. Uh, with one, uh, the winner had 58 votes, was possessed seven churches. Mm-hmm. So, well, very nearly was one of our wild cards, wasn't it? For the death mail, so it's gonna, that's going to be a popular, popular one that I could see go a long way in this. Yeah, um, and that one. Uh, yeah, so that was we we I think you suggested that as um as an addition to to my one. I did, yeah. So that was uh, one that you suggested, and then just um, a few votes behind on fifty five votes was Machine Head, Burn My Eyes. Mm, and again, totally different. <laughs> you couldn't have two more different albums there. Really, one at the very birth of um, mm. thrash metal kind of thing, and and then one as thrash metal pretty much died and was was kind of taking the last bits of thrash metal in a whole new sound and direction. So two totally different albums, but rightly and justifiably in there. And from here on in to the last qualifier, so the last seven, there was five votes splitting them. So 
there was it was really tight. So uh, next one down with twenty seven was Dark. So almost you know almost less than half really, uh, almost fifty percent less than Machine Head Burn My Eyes. Sorry about Burn My Eyes. This is going to be interesting. Certainly as if we're doing it and doing it and doing it, and we get to second or third album. I think it's certainly when we get to third album, Machine Head, not even in the argument. Absolutely. I don't think anyone would want that red album, whatever that was called. But the burning, the burning red was it? The burning red, but burn my eyes. Lots of people that go, yeah, don't really like you know what Rob Flynn's doing at the moment. But burn my eyes, quite a quality album. So you know that's got a chance. That's got a real good chance of of going a long way. Um, next one down, Dark Angel. We have arrived. Yeah, that's good. That's in there because often I certainly always used to think that Dar- Darkness Descends was their debut album. But of course, when when we had Dark Angel leave Scars in the thrash album of the fortnight, it became apparent we ran a flashbulb, didn't we? As yeah. the, the, the best Dark Angel song, and this one, whilst it didn't didn't fare too well in those against those you know, huge Dark Angel songs, still passionate people passionate people we're passionate people our members mm. but in the club but th- there was a lot of uh, a lot of love for this album so that's that's great so that's in there as a debut and the first one that a member um put in was uh, member number one robbie mansing and it was really good that he did put in metal church and metal church mm. so thank you so much for doing that and this is exactly what i wanted that i wanted you know, I didn't want people to put Metallica and Slayer in because they just gobble up all the votes. I wanted some bands that maybe I wouldn't have considered because I wouldn't have considered Metal Church just because I thought, well, they're not really thrashy enough. But obviously members want them in. So it's great that they're in and they've now got a chance. I'm really interested to see how well they do against the kind of um, invited, you know, the golden ticket ones because they've had to go through the hard way and through the qualifier. So... Well, that album in particular, I know Brian D'Andrade talks about it in glowing terms, as does Paul Hutchins. He featured it in his T90. Um, I'm sure he featured that one in his T90. So there's, you know, it really is quite a revered album. And I listened to it on Paul's recommendation, and I, I loved it. It was very easy to listen to, very easy to listen to, really enjoyable. And then we've got a, um, a, a featured album, Evil, Enter the Grave. And thanks, uh, thanks to Tim Finch for adding that because again, a band that that slipped slipped my mind and I didn't think would have um, would have even considered are in Thrash of the Titans Battle of the Debuts. Good stuff. That's brilliant. And then I did get a um, after the last podcast, um, Neil Brannigan Fuller did suggest a Power Trip. Um, so is it Manifest? What does that say? Decimation. Um, Tom. Riley actually posted that, um, but I know Neil Brannigan Fuller needs to get a shout because he said you've got to put Power Trip in, and could do quite well. Could do. And then Rob Davies, thank you, Rob. Of course, I've no idea why I didn't put this in. Slammer, the work of Idle Hands. Mm, definitely. Definitely. So that's cool. And then it really did between Slammer and these other two and Body Count and I think Law Mower Death, they were swapping around as the weekend was going through. Um, but Fool's Game by Mordred. That's good. That's in there. Our current album of the fortnight. So that's good. That's re- presented. That's brilliant. 
and the one that was looked like it was sort of nice and safe, but then was just slipping down, slipping down, and then we closed the poll. It was one vote ahead of Body Count's debut album was Onslaught, Power From Hell. So that is our lineup, and that will start after Christmas, I believe. And just explain, for those that didn't hear last time or that might be listening now, as in in October 2020, just before we well, this will be kind of like the new year. But the how it's going to work with the seedings, like where we had uh, Thrash of the Titans, where Slayer played uh, Lars Rocket in the first round. We're going to try something slightly different with this. This is going to be like the FA Cup, so we're going to put everyone, all 32 bands get a num get a number, and we will draw them out the hat one by one. So. Um, you could have a big seed against a big seed in the very first round. Um, yeah. It's just going to be completely random, and we're just going to go all the way through to the final. Yeah, and I think, and I think different. It's going to be exciting because whilst your big four and your big eight or whoever bands are really, you're seeing though kind of that that in Thrash of the Titans, the, the not disrespectful to the others but the quality the, mm. the kind of strength of that legacy of those Slayer, Metallica, Anthrax they're going to be and possibly creator in that in that final you know are Metallica is Killer Maul going to be up there is Fistful of Metal going to be up there um, you know it could, you could see the likes of Eternal Nightmare or do you know what I was I was just about to say what if Eternal Nightmare gets pulled out against Fistful of Metal or Killer Maul I think it would <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I think it would walk all over Fistful of Metal, but whether it would walk all over Kill 'Em All, um, because we're not talking about, and this it's a different kind of vote from Thrash of the Titans. Isn't yeah. it? People aren't looking at Metallica as the band they are now. They're looking purely at Kill 'Em All and the album. Hopefully, they'd look at Kill 'Em All the album and not, not you know, Lars the drummer or what no. Metallica have become. And so I think it might be a different story with Kill 'Em All, and Kill 'Em All could go a long way. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, Killer Maul could go and win it. There's no question about that. But, you know, I think, again, look at Forbidden Evil. I, I absolutely worship that. I think it's fantastic. Zentrek, Shattered Existence. That's, it, I, I love that album. So it's not that I'm going... And, and you know, we, we, we've got all the arguments about what Metallica were and what Metallica weren't and Megadeth's kind of poor phase and even to a certain extent Exodus's kind of lull. We're not considering that at the moment. We are considering a moment in time across the ages, really. And that's what I like about the debut albums. Everyone's debut album came out at some point and everyone's album was different. Um, so it doesn't matter if you released it even last year, if, if you did make the cut. Although I think, I mean, the latest one is probably going to be Power Trip or Revile, isn't it? But um, that's going to go up maybe against right at the very early um, part of Thrash. So... That I'm looking forward to as well. And I quite like the idea of, let's say, I'm just no particular order, Flotsam and Jetsam, um, that's Doomsday, isn't it? Doomsday for the Deceiver gets picked out against, um, I don't know, Anthrax Fistful of Metal. That weekend is, I'm going to listen to both and then make a decision. Yeah, that's the thing. You, there's, there's quite a few, uh, I say quite a few on there. 
there's going to be probably a handful there, four or five that I'm not familiar. Is there four or five? Definitely the Metal Church one, mm-hmm. Power Trip one, uh, Onslaught one. So yeah, probably four or five that I'm I'm not familiar with. So it's going to be interesting, and it's good to good to revisit some of the ones and some of the some of the beauty that you absolutely love in there. Have you got your eye on any that that you personally think you might take all the way? Um. Keep it close to your chest, or are you going to? No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll stick. I mean, Sabbath, I think we'll do is is a a great one to think about. I think Forbidden is a great one to think about. Violence, of course, is a great one to think about. Um, I do think Zentrex are a great one to think about. Slammer could be a dark horse, and you got to remember those early, like the Metallica. I mean, I love Kill 'Em All. There's, there's, there's no question about it. But it's it's not um, what. How can I put this? Very rarely, when you talk about the classic Metallica albums, does that come out on top? Yeah. So that's got some flaws in it. As Slayer, they were still developing their sound at that time. Anthrax, Fistful of Metal. I mean, that's almost a heavy metal record, really. And um, you know, Megadeth. You could say is. Megadeth and Slayer are they are they true thrash albums? Where you know thrash was developed at that time when when Megadeth released, it's been well stated that everyone certainly their peers think Exodus have got the best debut album, certainly of the Bay Area. So it's that, yeah, that's definitely a strong contender, and it came up in the comments was this would be a whole lot more interesting, and it would be a totally different different feature, and and. And as exciting, but if you did second or third albums, yeah, because whilst those bands have then developed their sound and that, but that it just to- totally changes the kind of dynamics and thought process of mm. the of the competition, anyway. So yes, it's um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be good. Well, you know, who's to say that if we're still doing this, Robbie, we'll have a second album and a third album. If people if people keep voting it and like it and and the comments are cool. I'm quite up for doing it. So, um, but that that's a, a good list. I'm looking forward to spinning loads of those albums because some of them I haven't spun in a long time. Yeah, no, that's it. So, thank you to everyone that voted. I'm sorry for the confusion. And we, if we do this again, we will have qualifiers, but it will be a lot less chaotic next time. It will be, won't it? Definitely, definitely. Right, um, we've got to do a D'Andrado, haven't we? We have. So I'm just going to change formats and get um, get it up, so to speak. I've got the spreadsheet up, and you've got a bit of work to do, um, um, Robbie, because you've got to pick a winner of the internet, and which isn't going to be straightforward. It's not, is it? It's not. Um, and um, we've also got to pick an album that we're going to listen to from the yeah. top 10. What, what, what did you choose for your D'Andrade years for that year? What year was it, Carl? 2010? 2010. Right. Put me on the spot. No, I do know it. It was um, The World Is Yours by Motorhead was my number one. Yeah. And then it was Drowning Pool, Drowning Pool. And it was um, not Chimera. It was Bleeding Through. Okay. Yes, that's right. Self-titled. What was yours, mate? Uh, Anathema, we're here because we're here, was number one. Enslaved, Axioma, Ethica, Odini, and then Agalok, Marrow of the Spirit, was number three. Okay, so, because you, you don't know the results, do you? No, I don't. It's like everyone else. It's uh, Obviously, I read, I read the comments, and I could see that... Uh, 
Anathema were quite popular. I think mm. Overkill were very popular. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I really can't. There was, there was a, yeah. Let's go through them. So there was um, four bands on on five points so it was quite highly contested um lots and lots of albums listed actually um if i just go down there were 46 albums listed cool so thanks again to everyone that participated in this i, I love doing this feature i think it's great i think it's my favorite feature actually do you so many recommendations of different albums and you think wow was that album released then and I, I just love it i love hearing what people are listening to definitely um so uh, and i've already picked my um my go-to album here for some homework uh, but in the uh, there was joint eight we had grand magnus hammer of the north we had forbidden omega wave we had the trip to con album that i'm not even going to pr- uh, pronounce no, I'm not even going to do it. And uh, Motorhead, The World Is Yours, all on eighth, joint eighth with five points. Any comment there? Um, no, that's, a, that's quite a hefty, hefty joint eighth, isn't it? There's, there's a lot of metal in there. Absolutely. Uh, seventh, um, is it – you want to help me here? Their album is called Stone's Reach, uh, and they are seventh. And it's is it B – Lake Lake Or. B Yeah, there's a, it's like B and then there's a, an apostrophe and then L A K O R. So B E apostrophe L A K O R. No idea how that gets pronounced. Probably how you said it. B Lake Or. Yeah. Um. Oh. Uh. So that's Stones Reach, and then sixth place, uh, Ghost Opus Eponymous. Okay. So that featured quite highly. And then number five, Anathema, We Are Here Because We Are Here. We Are Here, number five. Number Stop. five. Brilliant album. Four, Death Angel. And... Uh, on, uh, evil, was it Evil Divide in 2002? Yeah, no, sorry, that was... that was I've, I've cocked that up. Sorry, that's... Death Angel was number three, sorry. So um, Death Angel was number three. Um, Relentless Retribution. Um, and number two, but with a joint points of 19, is Exodus with Exhibit B. And number one is Overkill Ironbound with 19 points also. But Overkill get the overall win because they had five people vote for it for their first place album. Oh, okay, yeah. So... Um, I have awarded that first places count and um, they got more than Exodus, although they fe- they finished on the same amount of points. Good. So, yeah, you called it right. Overkill, Ironbound and Exodus Exhibit B. Now, the Overkill album, a lot of people say that was when they decided to Overkill were coming back. They found themselves again, didn't they? Yeah, they found a groove and they've been sat in there for the last uh, the last decade. Did you like it? Yeah. Is it one? Yeah, you like that one. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, again, just, just it's consistent. It's overkill, business like, does what it says, and you can have a damn good time listening to it. Did it? Did Enslaved not get in the top ten, mate? No, Enslaved are they're jot. There's a lot of people on on the same points, okay. um, but on my spreadsheet, it's on eighteenth. Wow. Okay. So a little bit down. 
a little bit further down. So um, thanks to everyone that, that, that sent in um, their top three. Really good. Um, really enjoyed it. And like I say, I wasn't hoping that much from 2010, but actually it's delivered quite nicely and there's some great recommendations on there. Um, do you want to do who uh, won the internet and then we can um, uh, choose one each? Did someone win it? I'm not well, going to I'm not have to choose some between two members, am I? You are, you're going to have to choose between okay. three that are within a shout. You might want a pen and paper. Go on then. So John Beavis, he got Exodus as his number one, and they were obviously joint first, but number two. Yeah. He then got Death Angel that were in third place and as his second, and then he got Annihilator, Annihilator that didn't come near the top ten. And then you got Kevin Adamson, who got Forbidden as his number one. Obviously, they were Forbidden were joint uh, seventh, actually, as it turned out. Sorry. And then you've got that was his number one. And then Death Angel, which was number three, that was his number two. And then he had Overkill as his number three. Okay. And then you had Frank Holby, who got Overkill right at number one. And then he had Death Angel at his number two, and then he got high on fire, which was nowhere near. Okay. Frank Holby. You going Frank Holby? Well, he, he got overkill spot on, didn't he? And they came first. So whilst yep. uh, John got Exodus, who were in second place, and Kevin Adamson, he, he got three that were in the, the top ten, forbidden, yep. overkill. Um, I just feel that as Frank got overkill, in first place, let's just go with Frank. It could have been either one of you. He also mentioned High on Fire. And where did they feature? Did they not? They no, didn't do very no, well. No, 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 way, way down. Way back. Uh, way well, back. Yeah, so Frank wins the internet tonight. Well done, Frank. Brilliant. And I reckon that's because the, the High on Fire split decision, wasn't it? That, that's what it was. <laughs> no, it was because he got overkill in first place. <laughs> <laughs> so choosing snakes for the divine. The Mel Campbell Award of winning the internet goes to Frank Holby. Well done, Frank. Well done, Frank. Brilliant, mate. Um, right. What are you listening to out of that top, uh, that top tw- or whatever it was, 11 or 12? Uh, I always like to try and go for something I've never heard of or, or try something different, and I could regret it. But looking at who, who was it, I think it was – was it um, – did you say John – not John Beavy? Someone mentioned it. Belaycor? Belaycor, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try it. Are I'm, you? Okay, let us know. I don't even know what that is like, so that is going to be interesting. I am going for – guess what I'm going for? Uh, are you going for Motorhead? No, I've, I've got it. Are you going for Deftone? Oh, go on, you're going for Anathema, aren't you? I am going for Anathema. Oh, you'll be crying, mate. You'll be all teary. Will I? Will I be going, oh, I want to go and see him live? I'll tell you what, mate, if you don't like that, there's something wrong with you and our friendship will be put on the line and questions asked. Oh, that's the whole future of the club is on the line right here for Anathema. fucking dreadful. I mean, what's all that bollocks? Is it going to be like, really, uh, if I don't like it, like pissing on a Picasso for you if I give it a kick? Oh, well, yeah. Well, not really. I mean, everyone likes things, don't they? Everyone likes what they like. But I just I fail to see how people can't like that. Well, I enjoyed it when I went to see them, so yeah, I, I think I'm on. Yeah. I, I think we're on the firm with that. I reckon it would be okay. Um, so that that will be interesting to listen to. I'm looking good, forward good to that. Stuff. 
Awesome, awesome. Right, shall we? Any, any, any listeners out there, listeners, any members out there that want to choose anything for homework, do it. Let us know if there's yeah. anything on that list that you fancy. Plenty on there, mate. Plenty on there. Right, I'm just getting um getting the post up because I was a bit late with my what are we listening to um feature, oh. uh, but um I I haven't checked it out. So this is I'm I'm going in. I'm heads up. I'm going in dry. Right, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Um, yeah, sorry for the short notice. Um, let's go here. So thank you for everyone that has commented on this. Really appreciate it. Look at that. First out the traps, Tim Finch. Do you want me to start? Uh, please, because I haven't found it anyway. Okay, so. currently reviewing or just have reviewed Venom Prism, uh, 13 sign, the ashes of, the ashes of treacherous silence. Um, Corey Taylor, CMFT. Anal Nathrak, he's gone for. Uh, foul Anal Nathrak. Told you I was going in dry. Um, foul Body Autopsy. Other albums for pure listening pleasure. Ghost Infatasium. Infestisium. It's got a tissue in there. Uh, very unpleasant business. Uh, Amon Amarth, Twilight of the Thunder Gods, Raging Speedhorn, Hard to Kill, uh, Tone 9, Arc Tang, Gent, and Spirit Adrift. And then he's got podcasts, a damnation podcast with the organiser of um, Arc Tang, Gent Festival and two, uh, 2000 Trees. Uh, the uh, Thrash Metal of the Album Fortnite podcast at 44, and the Razor's interview with Devil Driver. Good stuff. Loads to get stuck into there. George Nesbitt. Nesbitt, sorry, George. Uh, Nuclear Assault, Game Over. Shrapnel Palace for the Insane. And Iron Maiden, Seventh Son of Seventh Son. Lovely. Now, I've just... Oh, no, here we go. I'm back again. I'm back in the room. Uh, Paul Hutchins. This week, I've continued the Rust... Rush binge and completed 89 to 2012. Presto to Clockwork Angels. Other notable releases include Enslaved, um, the Inspector Clouseau's new live release, Gamma Bomb, uh, Benedictions, Corey Taylor, uh, Thrash from Sith Lord, Skeleton Pit, and Super Chaser, Warlung Optical uh, Delusion, Blue, Coi- Blue Oyster Cult. The symbol remains Mordred Falls game, and I struggled through six feet under, which was fucking awful. Finally, on the back of a new Rob Alford book, I dug back into the fight catalogue and gave War of Words a good spin. Mm. Good work. Bought the DBC stuff on iTunes. Bloody brilliant. The new Napalm Death album. I'd agree with that, Edwin. It's a cracker. Vermacht, Beermacht, um, Discharge, End of Days, and the the complete works of Eric Sarte. Really? Yes, really. And Dark Angel. And brilliant. Um, so Dylan Jones, he's got, he likes a bit of prong, doesn't he? He does. He's, he is Mr. Prong. He's Mr. Prong. And well, he's, he's Mr. Prong, but Dylan loves a bit of prong. Got, uh, um, he's gone top of the shop. He's gone force feed, probably to do with the, um, well, maybe to do with the debut album poll. Um, almost got in, but afraid not. We won't have freezer burn on that, on the, uh, the debut Thrash the Titans. Uh, Kiss debut album, which is absolutely steeped in greatness. Listen to that not so long ago. Brilliant. The Mission Anthology, Fields of Nephilim, Best Of, and Jesus and Mary Chain, 21 singles, which he then put shit. So um, a bit of a – that, that's a bit gothy, isn't it? He's gone with Kiss, Fields of yeah, Nephilim, and, and Jesus and Mary Chain. Fields of Nephilim, yeah, he's having a bit of a goth. He's goth it up. Gareth Pugh. 
Armoured Saint, Punch in the Sky. It's my Razor's Edge review copy. Six Feet Under Nightmares of the Decomposed, Razor's Edge review copy. Rush, Rush, inspiration from Paul. Listening in conjunction with reading Rush, song by song. Metallica, Kill em All and Ride the Lightning, another song by song listen. Also, Bruce Dickinson's solo stuff on Shuffle in the Car. Balls to Picasso, Through to Tyranny. Um... Elimination of Gods and Beasts, The Blood of Titans, and Destroyed by Creation. I'm still waiting for these those lyrics, Neil. Wink, wink. So, Mr. Brannigan Fuller. Cool. I assume it's um, something you know about. Yeah, I've okay. got to say the other homework I gave myself was something John was listening to. Black Evil, Forever Baptised in Internal Fire. Oh, nice. Nice name. And the Black Sabbath Daily that Gareth so eloquently writes about each daily. That, yes, he does. Uh, a brilliant review. I, and I'm really enjoying that. We got into a nice little groove. I'm enjoying even the shit ones. It's really good. And there are a few. There are a plenty of really shit Black Sabbath songs. Who Who knew? Um, but very enjoyable to listen to and really enjoyable to get uh, views every day from um, guys of high esteem. It's great. It's good good fun. Um, lots uh, – so uh, Jamie Kinghorn, um, The Ocean. That's that's your recommendation, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, great that Jamie's listening to that. Um, Fish – how do you pronounce the Fish album? What's that title? Velschmerz. Velschmerz. Uh, Death Tones, Ohms, can thoroughly recommend that. Um, Mordred, Fool's Game. Thank you, mate. Acid Bath. Um, Motorhead, Bad Magic. That was the last one, um, the last Motorhead album. Devil Driver, Dealing with Demons 1. I reviewed that for the Razor's Edge. I can recommend that for you. Point and Conjurer, uh, Curse Those Metal Hands, and Metallica, Death Magnetic. Good stuff. There's a right old mixture there, isn't there? Yeah, great. Going backwards and forwards, left and right. He's, he's like a fiddler's elbow, mate. Up and down and in and out. <laughs> and then Semperin Angaria, he has posted a video for Zetkin and Vanguard EP from 2016. So oh. I'll have to check that out and see what that's all about. So thank you, Semperin. Uh, Darren Robb, starting off the debut albums Thingy, Metallica, Kill em All and Slayer Show No Mercy today, otherwise Megadeth, Peace Cells and So Far So Good So What, also been catching up on the Thrash Metal of the Album of the Fortnite Week Club podcasts even I, I even cocked up the own name of my club then <laughs> Dan Squires, he's been on the debuts as well, he's gone for Possessed, Seven Churches Napalm Death, Harmony Corruption Mastodon, Emperor of Sand, Metallica, Justice for All, Motorhead, Orgasmatron, and Sabbath, Sabbath. Mm, cool, nice mix there. Uh, Matthew C. Green, New Heathen, The Ultraviolence, Pleasures of the Flesh, Hardwired, and Slash. Exclamation mark. Yes. Slash! Um, just Matthew C.G. Green, he did a great T90 some time ago where he just highlighted all the riffs in the top 10 songs that he chose. And I think there was one, uh, there's definitely some Forbidden on there. There might have been some De Death Angel from the Ultraviolence. Someone mm. certainly chose some Ultraviolence, uh, Death Angel. Anyway, Nicholas Janssen saw Trump on his idiot parade on the news and had to play Saxon's Dallas 1pm. I don't know why, I want to put on... Japanese Kampfvorspieler oh, and good work. as a prelude to the upcoming new album. Ooh, very nice, very nice. Um, uh, John Wig, uh, Hexecutor behind the human conception of knowledge. That, that is sounds absolutely fantastic, doesn't it? In fact, I'm writing that run down. That is in the contender 
Uh, you're not having well, unless you want it. But uh, no, I have wanted John's. Uh, I think the week before. So let me just write that down. Behind a human. That is brilliant. That will get me there. Oh, fantastic. Um, early mood, spellbound, punishment area, faith or fear, and no place for disgrace, Flotsam and Jetsam. Andrew Matthews, he's gone for Scarred by Truth, Blind My, blind my Eyes EP, uh, Mordred Falls Game, and not sold on it, to be honest, and the new Idols album. Uh, Ronnie Elizabeth Wilson, Throwdown. They kind of slip between the cracks like a Pantera hatebreed mix. Love these guys. Ronnie, they did not fall down my crack. I love a bit of Throwdown. Yeah, I did. What was the one? I had Venom and Tears was the one I had from about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. That was a great album. Mm. That's all I ever got into them, though. They're, they're a good band. Yeah. Are they still going? Are the Throwdown still going? I don't think so. They're all on the Trust Kill stuff again, weren't they? Neil Brannigan Fuller, Rob Halford audiobook, the Megadave story of Rust in Peace audiobook, plus new Solitary album, new Incinery album, and the new Public Enemy album, plus two chums on Skype who record. <laughs> <laughs> two chums on Skype who record a load of bad pronunciation of bands and people. Five stars. All oh, right, but what he doesn't know, there's out of a twenty star maximum. So <laughs> it will take every one of those stars. Thank you, Neil. Uh, Chris Naylor, the Almighty. I say the Almighty. I like the Almighty a lot more now than I did back in the day. Judas Priest, Made in England. Oh yes, the Bruce Dickinson archives and Skyclad, all in the all together. David Henry, Virus, Evolution, Apocalypse, Suicide Angels, Years of Aggression, and Venom, Prime Evil. Mm, interesting. About... Well, sticked you up here, hasn't she? Oh, look at this! Look at this! I'm not going to. I'm not going to say some of these. Uh, Awardrina, Awardruna. I definitely. Um, Love that. So thank you. This is Mel Campbell, the um, the uh, name of the award for winning the internet. A uh, couple of Wardrunas albums or songs. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I've checked those ones out anyway. That's brilliant. Corey Taylor, CMFT. I'm not going to pronounce them. Um, was that Den Denhaim? Live radio. Live radio. Slipknot. We are not your kind. Postman Pat on fucking repeat. Mmm. <laughs> Um, uh, making of Audio Secrecy by Stone Sour, live on YouTube. Half a titty mouthfuck, but hopefully I'll still be counted as two of the 25,000 listeners. Uh, of course you will, Mel. Of course it is 250,000. And Postman Pat, I always thought he was knocking off Mrs. Goggins in the old fucking post office, you know. Dirty bastard. Clifton? No, Postman. Is that his, is that his surname? Didn't we? What is Postman Pat's surname? Is it? And it's Clifton. Clifton. He's giving that Goggins one any money. <laughs> Mrs. Goggins, right then. Rob Davies, he's gone for Pull the Trigger Q5. God bless Video Alcatraz, bit of 10cc, Power Mad, Terminator, Rat, Body Talk, Scatterbrain. Do you remember them? I do remember Don't the name. Do. Are they Funky C, Funky D? Yeah, 80s Matchbox, Beeline Disaster, Psychosis Safari, and a bit of Dwayne Eddy. Dwayne Eddy, yes. Uh, Dwayne Eddy, what was his big hit? That Was, was that Apache? Dwayne Eddy. Uh, Dixie. Was it Moving and Grooving? No, it was Dixie. That's what that was. Um, yeah. or was it, that, that's the Dwayne Eddy shunt tune he's got. I do love, I like a bit of rock and roll, and, 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 and Dwayne Eddy's there. Um uh, Stuart Jardine, 
uh, Varga, Prototype, Hellbastard, Natural Order, and Loch Ness, Black Smokers. Oh, that sounds interesting. I bet that's Doom, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon it is. Kevin Adamson, he's gone for Creator, Endless Pain, Confessor, Unraveled, Entomb, Wolverine Blues, Prong, Prove You Wrong, Vader, Solitude in Misery. Madless, absolutely. It's the first time I ever bought. It still sounds so good. Mortician, Domain of Death, Megadeth, Risk, Anthrax, Stomp 442. Mastodon, Remission, Black Dahlia, Murder, Verminous, Enslaved, Utgard, and Blood Tsunami, Grand Feast for Vultures. This will be my recommendation for anyone who hasn't heard it. Utter face-ripping trash with loads of solos and tempo changes. Uh, Mike Todd, he's been on. Thank you. Um, he's been on. He's got on the podcast. I hope he means ours, but it could be anything. And Corey Taylor, SMFT, and I think that's his solo album, isn't it? So, yeah, new recent one just come out. New recent one coming out. Um, so, thank you for everyone at short notice to let us know what you've been listening to. Really appreciated that. Um, and you can also, I'm thinking, um, Robbie, that if anyone just wants to have a mention or anyone wants to draw their attention to anything. Um, you can put it on here and we'll give it a shout. Absolutely, yeah. Bit of live housekeeping, always good. Always good. So, what are you going for amongst all that lot? Well, you've chosen yours, haven't you? Well, no, I'm torn now. Well, talk amongst yourselves about which ones you think, because I'm still trying to choose, because when you're reading them, I don't actually think about them, because I'm so preoccupied with getting the names right, that when it comes to it, you're like, oh, I've got to choose one. Well... I see. Kevin Adamson gave Blood to Sami a really good write up there, didn't he? Oh, I did. Yeah, I, I bang it, bang it, thrash, mate. You'll like it, but it's it is it is thrash. It's heavy stuff. Mm. I think it's yeah. But I do like the sound of Hexecutor. Hexecutor, what behind the human um, conception the human whilst eating conception. flesh or something? What was it? Sorry. I think behind behind and human conception of knowledge. Is what it said. See, that's that's a great title. Why don't we take one each? What do you do? You fancy Hexinator then? No. Okay, go on then. What are you fancying? Only because I saw one that was totally a, another band that I, I really should check out, and it was Andrew Matthews' Idols album. All right. Okay, I've heard of them. Yeah, a band that. And no disrespect to John and his Hexinator boys or girls, but I just thought, no, the Idols was the one that stood out. Do I go unprecedented and give myself three pieces of homework to do? You like a challenge, but you mm. are the visionary, so I'm mm. sure you can do it. Let's do it. Let's go. I'm, 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 I'm doing... What was the Blood Tsunami album called? Yeah, Blood Tsunami, that was a... I had that a few weeks back, I think, just on just stumbled across it because we mentioned it in it was one of the members of a black metal band. It was his side, it was his thrash band, wasn't it? Not a, a bath, it was someone else from a black metal band. So, oh, okay, Grand Feast for Vultures, Grand Feast for Vultures, right? I'll, I'll, I'll crack on with all of those. So thank you for everyone for, for doing that. Um, loads of recommendations. I'm, I'm half interested in the Corey Taylor one as well, but I don't know. Let's, I've only got a limited time and I've got shit loads to listen to. Uh, I didn't even listen to the classic album of the week this week, although it, it was fucking long. So, you know, I've got to get a pass for that really. But what have you been listening to, mate? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I can go first, mate. Go on, mate. I've got it here. So yeah, just... 
there's been a few that I've mentioned there. There was the first up my homework from last week. One of them was Fish Velschmer. So Paul mm-hmm. Hutchins has been listening to it. So I chose that because I thought, why not? It's Fish's last last album, and it's quite a lengthy album, clocking in at over eighty minutes. But not one for Fish's solo stuff. Never been a well, not never been a fan, but just never got into his stuff. But it's a really enjoyable album. It's very, very long. It's, for me, an album of two halves where the second half just excels. It just kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's just a wonderful listen. Um, I've listened to it twice now all the way through, and I can thoroughly recommend it, certainly the second half anyway. Just, you know, he's a real... He's, he's a he's a storyteller, isn't he, Fish? And he just really he's getting he's just very very vocal with his what he's trying to get across, and it just using his voice as an instrument, and he does it so well. And I'd definitely check out some more of his older solo stuff on the on the strength of this. It's acoustic, it's proggy. There's female backing vocals, lovely harmonies, loads to get into. Uh, Enslaved Utgard, okay, uh, listening to that. Uh, Mordred Falls game. The Sabbath Daily, uh, loads of Agalock as well. They're kind of a black metal band that we've a few people have mentioned on here that I really like, really into them. Panopticon as well, a black metal band, really into that. Um, what what else? The Damnation Versus podcast. Uh, Tim mentioned that mm-hmm. the guy James Scarlett from Two Thousand Trees and Arctangent Festival. The Booker. Do, do do I have to listen to that to get ideas for the Titty Mouth Fuck Fest? No, he doesn't I mean, give any. He doesn't he, give anything away. No, <laughs> not on our kind of scale of things. No, he, he's, you know, we're looking at kind of um, Woodstock that kind of size, aren't we? Really? So yeah. he's, he's a he's a minor concern, really. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's a fantastic listen, as is the other damnation verses. We have a guy called Luke Bell that was the tour manager for. Machine Ed, he's worked with Red Hot Chili Peppers, Florence and Machine. He was also the vocalist in Panic Cell. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah. It rings a bell. Mm, kind of late, early 2000 British band. Played at Sonisphere with like, the Big Four. Um, yeah, uh, just a very successful kind of guy behind the scenes. And that's the great thing about this podcast that Gavin does is it gives you a real insight into the behind the scenes that you don't just see as a fan, you see the band on stage and you pay your money, you go and see them. But all those guys that stand up on stage that, you know, sticking stuff down with gaffer tape, the crew, the logistics, the tour managers, having to book flights, um, managing bands, running, I mean, all sorts. It's just the, the, the just everything that goes into the kind of running of a festival and running of bands. And it's just a really, really interesting listen. And that, episode there is fantastic because he just reveals some really interesting stuff about the guy from puddle of mud west scatlin and yeah some really really good stories excellent sounds good uh other than that cerebral invasion pure insanity but you lot would have heard that at the beginning so check out their new ep that's coming out in a couple of weeks time fantastic fantastic what about you? Well, I um, have put all the, I've been listening to all of the club stuff. So really enjoy it. I listened to Mordred a few times, actually. Um, it's not an album that I listened to loads back in the day. I was more of it in this life, man. And I really dismissed Fool's Game as a funk album or a funk thrash album because of the only one that would ever get played would be uh, Every Day's a Holiday. Well, that is the anomaly on the album, isn't it? Really, it's a, 
apart from the uh, the dodgy cover version, is it is it Rick James on there? That that super yeah, freak one, yeah. Which I put down to a lot of thrash bands at that era doing dodgy cover versions. I mean, it's better than I Ain't Superstitious by Megadeth, and that's on a classic album for goodness sake. So um, I can forgive them that. The uh, Every Day's a Holiday sticks out like a bit like I said, a bit of a novelty, really, to be honest. Half an hour of brilliant thrash metal on there, Bay Area, clean as a whistle, thrash metal. Really enjoying it. Um, listen to the new Devil Driver, which I think is a uh, a two-parter. I listened to part one coming out. Um, quite good. I mean, we saw Devil Driver a few years back at Download, and it was just, oh, well, let's go and see him to fit a bit of time. And I actually quite enjoyed them. I, I think um, they're, they're decent. You know, I wouldn't go... Um, doing cartwheels about them, but they just get on and do what they do. And they've still got, after all these years of not being in Cold Chamber, still got that real hooky new metal feel about them. Although their their stuff doesn't sound new metal at all. There's just that slight hook that drags you in. Do you know what I mean? So enjoyed that. We also had the H Zoom call that we took part on um, that H does if you're a Patreon um, he's he's doing Zoom calls for his Patreons, and that was quite interesting. Enjoyed that. It was very interesting. Loads of uh, loads of decent content in there, wasn't it? Definitely. Can't uh, reveal too much. Obviously, you're gonna have to be a Patreon for that. But I'm thinking I need to get a list for next time. Of what? What you've been listening to? No, no, no. Questions and and, oh, and things oh, to ask. For each Zoom call, yeah. Yeah. Um, the first one he did, I did take a listen. I got absolutely rinsed for it, but I'm I'm listening to things. I think I need to write that down and ask him. And I always forget when I'm sat in the uh, in the Zoom call. So I need to write a list, but I need to kind of disguise it that it's not a list. Do you know what I mean? So I I, I need to do that. You need an auto cue. You need to. I need an auto. Yeah, a teleprompter is what I need. If if Branny kind of actually stopped going to New Zealand and actually invested some of the money into the club, yes, we could buy an auto cue machine. And when you're at one of these Zoom calls, you could actually read off the auto cue, couldn't you? Yeah, I I could use Neil Turbin's auto prompter that he didn't have for when he's fronted onslaught, but that's a different story. And um, my homework was um, the Deftones. Um, so uh, their new album, Ohms, I listened to that, and I'm thinking that's sneaking into my top ten. At the expense of? Um, that I haven't given any... You're still juggling with your... I'm juggling with it, yeah. So I've got sort of like a collection of bands that I think are in contention, or albums that are in contention, and then I just need to sort of arrange and, and think about. Um, You've got to do a top five EPs as well, in case you haven't thought of that. Oh, fuck me, have we? Well, there's been some decent EPs out there, haven't there? Scar by Truth, Mordred. I was putting Scar by Truth in the top ten, possibly. Oh, you're putting EPs in your albums as well? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. It'd so, be strong to get in there, fair enough. Yeah, so, um, but... Um, yeah, Deftones, it's, they're working with Terry Date again, so they've got that classic Deftone sound. I just love that ringing guitar sound. They've got some really chunky, thrashy riffs, crisp as anything drumming, and just some great bass work. And Chino, it has been a, when you go and see him live, he goes a bit overboard, and he goes a bit squeaky and a bit, you know, you know, pull it back a little bit. Well, yeah. obviously, when there's someone tapping him on the shoulder in the studio, and it must be Mr. Date going... 
you don't need to do that. Don't go as stupid as that. Just just sing it how we how we talked about, yeah? And he does, and it just sounds a hell of a lot better. So is Terry Day a producer they've worked with before then? Yeah, that was all on the classic stuff, all oh, the adrenaline okay. and round the fur and whatnot. Good. So he's back on... There's a few members in the club that have talked about that, saying how good it is and have returned to form. But I think if you're just a bit reticent, uh, reticent uh, what's that word even, uh, if you're a bit kind of hesitant uh, about getting past Chino's mm. antics of his vocals, then even no matter how heavy the riffs are and the drum sound, it's you can't get past his... Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's a bit, he's a bit, but, uh, you know, he does rein it in, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, Terry Dane does give it, rein it in, but he also, a very elaborate hand uh, finger clicking and one of the songs, way too elaborate, but it's there, it's what the Deftones do, isn't it? Okay, yeah. So, um, yes, go and enjoy that one, and that's pretty much it. Good stuff. So what we got coming up in the week ahead, we've got... T90 Friday, ease you into the weekend. Nice. Um, we've got obviously this coming out. I've got a, uh, I've got a book review that I'm going to share, and we've also got a Thrash of the Titans. Big, big one coming up this week. Big, big one. Well, it's the is it Slayer? Is it Slayer one this weekend? It was Slayer, wasn't it? It was the same side of the draw as Metallica. Yes. So Slayer Testament, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yep, that's going to be a little bit one-sided. I think um, I'm going to be. I think there's going to be. It's going to be one of those things, isn't it? On Game of Thrones, when you say "but" in a sentence, everything that came before the "but" is bullshit, and there'll be loads of. I absolutely adore Slayer. Their first albums are absolutely amazing. They are one of the Chuck Billy is absolutely brilliant when he plays that microphone like a guitar. I just die. It's brilliant, but. It's Slayer. <laughs> I think that's what it's going to be. Exactly. So um, I, I'm thinking a bit. I don't think it's going to be an overkill Metallica. I think this is going to be Slayer staking their claim. They're they're up against someone that possibly on paper could um, give them a run for their money, but I don't think they're going to get anywhere near. But who knows? Oh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So um, have you got anything to add, mate? just that you'll go um, fall in love with Anathema and just work your way back through their their, okay. um, their back catalogue I'm sure I think that's a quality album to pick up on because you're, you're not a massive prog head are you not, not massive not massive in fact no, I, I mean, they're, not, they're, not, they're not particularly a massive proggy band they're kind of they're very much their own unique sound anyway mm-hmm but it, it was interesting I was reviewing that Yes album and I started my review by saying I like prog but it's only really Rush that I'm really passionate about. Yeah, no, it's a different sound to Rush and Aphomo. That's you know that when people talk about prog, it can be a, an easy, an easy label thrown at a lot of bands where mm. really there's just a whole lot more kind of to them than well, but there's a prog is such a massive yeah. thing. So anything goes with that. So, do you want to do your final words, mate? Pat Clifton. And Mrs. Goggins. <laughs> <Shock> <laughs> that, that news has just disturbed me. Yeah. Um, Postman Pat licking uh, Mrs. Goggins' stamp in the post office. That's uh, that's where it's. That's my final thought.